0: Hey friends, welcome back to the Lighthouse Podcast. Christy, welcome back this week. How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling I'm feeling a little a little energized, a little energized, a little nervous, a little anxious. I'm talking really fast. What's just
0: causing like... all of this mix of emotions? So we
1: are about five days away from our very first spring break retreat of the year, like first retreat of the year. So yeah, yeah. it's coming. Yeah,
0: it's coming. Yep. I can't wait. I know. I can't wait. You leave in like you leave like tomorrow. I do.
1: I leave tomorrow. Yeah, we
0: leave Friday <laughs> yeah. and uh we're pretty stinking excited. Yeah. I, you know, spring break is always so much fun because it really does truly kick off the retreat season. Yes. Because it's the first retreats that we're doing for the year. Yeah. And there's just a buzz. There's an energy. Mm-hmm. There is an anxiousness I get because of your it's team, a, what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's
1: not a bad anxiousness. No. It's like, let's get going. Like, let's go do this. I'm and kind
0: of because it's the first time you're getting everything together for yes. the year and all, it's all kind of, you know, it's <laughs> kind of all got to go. It's got to all I mean. go well. And um, But there's just this fun level of excitement yes. of we're going to be at the beach. It's going to be um, high energy. We're meeting families on Monday, yeah. like all the things. And yeah. so, yeah, it's pretty. There's it's nothing pretty like exciting. the first
1: retreat of the year. Yeah. You know.
0: We learn a lot, but we have a lot of fun. Yeah. We have a lot of fun. So super excited for that.
1: Um, so getting into the podcast, before we share who we're talking to today, I'm just giving you a friendly friendly reminder to follow and like our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, because that is going to help others see this podcast as well. Okay, now, Chris, who do we get the honor of talking to today?
0: Yes, yeah, so today we are talking with Dustin and Chelsea Cooley. So they've got two kids, Emma and Elizabeth, and they live in Arkansas. So their daughter, Emma, has been going through treatment for B-Cell ALL for about two and a half years now, Christine. So let's
1: listen in. Dustin and Chelsea, we are so excited to get to talk to you guys today. Just to get everybody up to speed with your story, let's let's start and talk a little bit about Emma's diagnosis. Um, how did you guys know something wasn't right?
2: So it all began whenever she was over at Dustin's parents' house and she was sitting on one of the push lawnmowers that, you know, blows out bubbles and she just kind of, fell off of it she was sitting on it and fell off it wasn't an epic fall or anything like that and she started complaining of her elbow hurting her. and so I mean we just cry you know at the touch of it I took her to the doctor and they looked at it x-rayed it and said you know it's probably just a deep bruise so a few days went by and she still was just you know, crying at the touch, complaining. So we decided to get a second opinion and we took her to our pediatrician. And at the time she had a low grade fever, but I think that they were more concerned about the elbow than what they were about the fever. And they kind of said, you know, the fever is probably just a little virus. It'll go away. And they ended up doing another x-ray on it. And turns out her elbow was fractured, which we thought was kind of odd because we're like, it was just a small fall, you know. Not
3: even really a fall. Yeah. I don't believe it was so low to the ground.
2: Right, and um. So, anyways, we fast forward a few days. She's still running fever off and on, but no other symptoms as far as like coughing or you know, virus symptoms. And it was Labor Day weekend.
3: Memorial. Weekend.
2: Memorial <laughs> Memorial Day weekend, and um, she'd went with my parents and we were going to go up the following day. Well, they called me that night and they're like, Hey, Emma has 104 fever. Okay. And so we met on there, um, got her, brought her home. And cause this is all during COVID. It was in 2020 all during COVID.
3: Everybody's freaking out.
2: Yeah. And during I'm like, COVID. so we uh, went and got her the next day. I scheduled an appointment and we took her to our pediatrician. Um, and she you know i was like she's running fever you said it could be a virus could you do more blood work just check and see and so she
3: she had also been bruising a lot too
2: right yes and um which i asked the Pediatrician, because my mom, she was the one who had brought up on our way to the doctor's office. She was like, Hey, you know, I know this sounds scary. She said, But would you ask them to test her for leukemia? I've been noticing she's been bruising and kind of pale. And so I asked our pediatrician that if she would. Um, and she she checked her, she looked at her eyes, you know, looked at her inner mouth. She said, She's got great color. She doesn't, it doesn't look like she has leukemia, but I'll run the test. And so time went by and she comes back in the office and sure enough, she has leukemia.
3: And I'm out in the truck because they would only allow one person to come in because of COVID.
2: Right.
0: So the pediatrician pediatrician told you it was leukemia. They didn't send you straight to a children's hospital and let them run some additional work. They she went ahead and made that call or he, she or he made that call.
2: Yeah, she went ahead and made that call. I think just mainly <clears throat> I asked for it. You know, I said, Will you please do some more blood would you do blood work just to check and see if it's leukemia? Because my mom's asking. <laughs> my mom's an Arian and she's always kind of looking for, you know, things. Uh, yeah, okay. So she had asked that, and in the back of my head, I'm thinking, it's not leukemia, and then the more, I guess on the way to the doctors, I was kind of researching signs and symptoms, and I was like, oh my goodness, she has been bruising. she has been tired, she has been, you know, thrown up at random times, Mm -hmm. Um, and so, luckily, our pediatrician, which I just think is a God thing, she... uh, did her residency at St. Jude's Hospital. And so she ordered the test and then came in and said, you know, her white blood cell count is da-da-da. Um, she does have leukemia, and we will be sending you – I've already called St. Jude's ahead of time, and they know that you're going to be on your way. They'll be contacting Y'all you Y'all have soon.
3: to leave now.
2: Yeah.
0: How far are you guys from St. Jude's? About four hours. Mm-hmm. Is that the closest children's hospital?
3: No, it's not the closest children's, but she just believed in St. Jude and knew how great they were. And so she said, hey, look, I would just go straight there. You can go to other places, but this is what I would do. And so we just took that for what it was Mm -hmm. and felt right.
1: How old was Emma at this time? She was three. She was only three. And so you get to St. Jude and what, what did they tell you her treatment was going to consist of? What were the first couple things that happened? Oh, we got there at like one in the morning. It
3: was right around midnight (laughs) and we were packed for Memorial weekend to go to the lake. We came home, had the grandparents come over to say goodbye because we didn't know how long we'd be gone. We repacked for this, just whatever we could. And then got there at midnight. And then the, I mean, all the awful stuff started with trying to get needles in her and it just, it all was very fast and a blur when you say
0: boom.
2: Yeah.
3: And then before we knew it, she was talking to the doctor or the doctor was talking to us about all these diagnoses and stuff.
2: And scheduling the port, you know, they ran their own tests and confirmed. Um, and it was, she had B cell ALL and then and um, they scheduled the port and scheduled, you know, our treatment from then on out. It was, it's been two and a half years, our protocol.
0: Yeah. How long were you guys there in Memphis?
2: So we, whenever we left that evening, we were thinking maybe a week we would be up there. Cause you know, I called ahead of time. I said, how long do I need to pack for? And they said, oh, you know, I don't really know. Maybe about a week or two weeks. And, um, once we left home, we got up there and we ended up living there for about two and a half months and we did not return to our home. For we two never and came months. home. Yeah. Oh,
0: goodness. What were some of, while you guys were there, obviously, you know, you're in a new town, um, new community. It's not as familiar. Like what were some of the challenges that you guys faced while you guys were, were there?
3: <laughs> the big word is COVID. Yeah. Well,
2: uh, cause it was during COVID time. And so, And we come from such... All of our family lives here. We have such a tight-knit community. Um, And so it was different, not like it just being us three and not having, you know, if you need something, someone just kind of running it over to you, um, not having really anyone up there other than her team
3: plus we Um, were in the room and could not leave the room right because because of covid COVID. and
2: only allow one parent to be with her um and we couldn't you know stay on the campus as a family during the time because it was only one one parent on campus so we ended up having to get an airbnb off of campus
1: um so that
2: we could stay together as a family during that time
1: wow imagine how hard that is now, you have another little girl right now. Was She she wasn't around back then, or was she? Oh, no,
2: she was not. Um, at the time, whenever Emma got her diagnosis, we were pregnant. We were expecting. And that was actually one of the only reasons that they allowed me and Dustin to stay with one another. Um, on
3: campus on while campus we were there for the first like few an, weeks.
2: Yeah, because I was like a high-risk pregnancy. And so... Um, they made an exception after talking with my doctor and for Dustin to do the lifting of Emma and, you know, just the emotional support as well. Um, and we, we ended up having a miscarriage again, um, during that time. And so that was pretty, I guess, a challenge in itself too, because you have this one child who's just been diagnosed with cancer and then you just find out the news that you, you know, lost another child. And so, um, and then not having that family there for support, we just really had each other. We clinged
3: <laughs> to each other pretty big. <laughs> yeah.
2: But, yeah. Uh, so we did not have Elizabeth at the time, but throughout treatment, Emma, she's always wanted a sister. So she would pray every night for a little sister and she, um, God
3: we- knew the timing way better than we did. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, And And um, anyways, Elizabeth, we ended up having her last year, and she um, she's been a huge blessing for yeah. Emma for us.
3: <laughs> a big miss.
1: <laughs> and her prayers answered. That's right. Yes. And so, yes. um,
0: so both of your families are from where you guys are from, right? So you had their support during all of this, but they were they were at a distance now.
3: Yeah, they were four hours away and really couldn't come up there and visit. Either they came one time, but it was like very we had to be very careful because we couldn't get him a sick, and so it wasn't like a normal visit. It was you know, but Chelsea especially super family oriented, so being away from them was very difficult, you know. And it it just made us draw closer together and mm-hmm. and be there for each other that much more.
1: And Dustin, during this whole time, you also lost your dad during this time, which I am so sorry about. How did you guys the added stress? Of everything you've already described and then that loss during treatment how did you guys cope emotionally
3: so that was very difficult we had a lot of things like that happen that made the process you know very tough but i mean honestly our faith in god grew tremendously through this Mom was not very strong at all and my wife's was pretty strong i would say But through all this, seeing his timing and all the things that happened and how they happened, when they happened, my faith actually grew stronger, which I'm thankful. I'm thankful I didn't go the opposite and have anger. Of course, you go through all that at the beginning. You are a little angry and don't understand and things. But with my dad, you know, that year and a half, I guess, before he passed is how long it was. And. We didn't get to spend as much time as we normally do because we were being so careful with Emma, not getting her sick and things. And but finding the blessings in how it happened, you know, we were actually, we had just got back, me and Chelsea and the girls from St. Louis. We ran up there real quick for just a short vacation, came home. And I that next morning, we got home at like 11. I woke up at two. To go duck hunting with my dad it was opening morning till season and he had texted me he wasn't feeling good and asked me to bring him some water not feeling good but he was just wanting water he was for some reason really thirsty and tired he said and so we went out there went hunting it was about to we we're putting decoys out getting ready to hunt and he had a heart attack and and passed away right there in the hole uh while we were hunting and so that was a very hard experience but looking back at it my dad would have not picked a better place or with the people we were with or the timing of it than what happened you know so as hard as it was and as tough as that experience was I'm also just thankful of how it happened and I know he wouldn't have picked a better way you know and that's how everything that's happened during this season of our life has felt it's felt like God knew what he was doing obviously and he knew the timing. And it was just up to us to have faith that it it was all his plan, you know.
0: Yeah. Talk about some more of those. That's a really, really neat blessing um, inside of a really hard story. Um, you mentioned more of those. What are some other blessings you guys experienced in this season?
2: Family and community, community our church. Our church. Um, while we were up there, you know, we mentioned that we really couldn't see anybody because of COVID and the restrictions with that and just being careful. Um, but I mean, the community would send gifts and letters of encouragement and even, you know, our church, they would have the children's church draw pictures and make Emma cards and they were constantly, you know, sending her surprises and, you know, putting a smile on her face, just, being a lot in the darkness at that time. Um, and so I feel like that in itself is just a huge blessing, all the support that we have had throughout this. Um, would you add to it?
3: Yeah, that's where I was going to go with it too. And I think my biggest blessing is I am closer to God than I've ever been personally. And you can choose whenever you're hit with something like this to go one or two ways and it would be very easy to go the other way. And honestly, in some ways I did with some things, but because of looking back and seeing everything and knowing what God has done for us, it just made me trust in him even more, I would say. And I'd say that's a huge blessing for me personally. And I think Chelsea would say the exact same thing. But Yeah.
2: And, you know, St. Jude's in itself Was a blessing. Yes, Um, that hospital is amazing.
3: And we need to mention the affiliate.
2: Do right, like the affiliate. Sent. We were up at St. Jude's in Memphis. In in Memphis for for the majority of the time, and it was a blessing because the affiliate was so close to us. They're only an hour and a half away, and we barely missed the cutoff of having to uproot and live in Memphis for full two and a half years, rather than being able to return home and receive the treatments at the affiliate.
3: At Shreveport, they're close enough to where we could go see them. So we didn't have to move and moving would have been crazy. Right. And I can't I feel bad for families that have to do that. That's so hard. Yeah. And plus with the Shreveport, another big blessing too, with it being in Shreveport is Chelsea. One of our sets of grandparents lives in Shreveport. So we could, drop off Elizabeth with them whenever we were going to a treatment or they could help bring us stuff. It's just another thing that God took care of, in my opinion.
1: Hey, Chelsea, can you, I heard there's a story about Emma's testimony. Would you share that with us? Yes.
2: So when, ever since Emma's been born, like I just always have prayed over her um, specific things like, you know, I pray that she'll, have a heart for others that she'll, you know, be kind and spread God's light, and that she'll have a testimony. And so in praying that, you know, as soon as we left the doctors that day and we're headed home and, you know, making the calls to grandparents to let them know what we had found out and, you know, let's go ahead and meet at the house before we have to leave. Um, All this stuff's just like running through your head and you're like, what in the world? And so it was like, God's voice just spoke to me and reminded me, Chelsea, you've been praying for a testimony over Emma. This is going to be her testimony. And so that just, I'm like, okay, you know, not that God gave her cancer, you know, but God works everything out for the goodness of him like and so he spoke that to me and she has she has had an amazing testimony and i just can't wait to see you know what god does through her and through her story and her journey that she's gone through right now um
3: if i can add to that with her just being her parent and watching how strong like you would never have known this whole time that she's even diagnosed it's so incredible to me how tough she is. And she just, if they say do this or do that, she just goes with it and almost enjoys it. Like (laughs) all the attention and she enjoys going to the doctor's visits and all these things. She doesn't really enjoy the medicine. That's always fun. That's (laughs) her with every toy and Lego you can think of to take medicine. But you know, at the end of the day, it's just, it's really a blessing and awesome to see how well she's handled it. And it was like, yeah, no, no big deal, Dad. No big deal, Mom. I, you know, it's just normal every day.
2: Well, it's kind of all she's known though now. since she was three. You know, we're we're at the end now, and so all she knows is doctors' appointments and stuff. And children, I just feel like are resilient and just rise to the occasion that they're you know in at the moment.
1: But they really do. They're strong little suckers. <laughs> So you guys got to join us on a lighthouse retreat. Was that this past summer? Tell us a little bit about kind of what that meant to you and to the girls. Well, if I'm being
2: honest, I was nervous because we <laughs> she had was
3: so freaked out.
2: <laughs> 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 Only because of the fact, like we had not really been on a vacation, vacation, especially that, you know, a week long, um, because of just trying to keep Emma healthy, you know, their immune systems are so suppressed. And so we weren't even really being around immediate family on an everyday basis, you know, and whenever we were, we were like, not just because of COVID, but just any little virus that they can catch at the time. And so, I had saw where another family um, had went on a retreat and I saw that it was faith-based. And so I was like, well, that would be cool to go to the beach for a week and um, with other families that are going through the same things. And, um, but as it got closer, I just got more nervous about keeping us, you know, (laughs) drone free, I guess. And, um,
3: and I so. was nervous because I knew I was signed up for some sort of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go. I was like, talk like about your I, didn't wanna but I did not want to go. I was like, gosh, I'm going to go. And I'm going to have to talk to all these people. And they're going to oh. be out. Questions. I'm like, I know we're not going to even see a beach. We're going to be like, it's uh, <laughs> green like, screen.
0: It's all green screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And Emma, the whole time, she was just counting down the days. She was so she excited. She was so excited, had her bags packed, and like, how many more days, mom? And so it was like a whole mixture of emotions <laughs> in one um, yeah. going on this um, retreat.
3: Even the drive up, we were late. It's all get out. It was just, it was nerve wracking, wasn't it? Yes.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> so, Dustin, how 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 bad was it really? Okay. So when you now, got there.
3: I love lighthouse. We sing the song all the time. <laughs> I still talk about drinking the root beer and playing the poker game. That was a huge blast. Like the beach was awesome. Well, the we the the tide was what was it? the the red flag? We saw a lot of the red flags, but it's okay. still awesome. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was just really awesome. Plus the, I'll even say this, I'll just get it out there. Was it Common Grounds was what I was not looking forward to. And I really enjoyed Common Grounds. I will say that was awesome. Not because of necessarily just helping us, but seeing some of the people on day one of getting there. And some of the, I would call them friends, not just people, but like just looking at wit's end. And I felt so bad for them, like I could just tell they were having a tough time. And then the end of the week, they were like totally different humans and having so much fun. And it was that was probably my favorite part of the whole thing was watching them and seeing them have such a good time.
1: Love that. That's my favorite part of the whole week too, Dustin. Is seeing people on the first day and then seeing people at the end of the week. It never gets old.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome.
1: Uh, being able to be a kid
2: that was my favorite thing like her having fun playing with other kids and just being like a normal kid at that time and we
3: had an awesome family what are they called the uh, sponsor family Mm -hmm. and they had little girls around her age some older some younger and she had a blast she's still friends with them and we still they were awesome we still talk to them Yeah. And it was just, it was a lot of fun and I highly recommend it to anyone. We tell our affiliates, (laughs) nurses, like y'all need to tell people to do this. Like (laughs) if they're scared, if the husband's scared, call me.
1: (laughs) We'll just put your number out there. We're going to put your number
0: in there. That's right. That's right. (laughs) We're going to get you in the loop. That's fantastic. Thank you guys for sharing that. That's awesome. Any last um, just parting words of wisdom, um, if there's a family out there that's listening and anything you would share with them just about the journey you guys have been on that you've learned?
2: I just think, you know, a piece of advice that was given to us whenever Emma was diagnosed. Um, one of my friends who had a little boy that was going through her treatments, uh, she told me, she said, Chelsea, everything's going to be tested. Your faith is going to be tested. Your marriage is going to be tested. Your relationships with others are going to be tested. Um, and now that we've, you know, walked through this journey, that is so true. Mm-hmm. Every bit of it has been tested and, you know, doesn't kind of hit on earlier. You can let this, like, grow you stronger or you can go down the other path where it's, You know, going to take a toll on all of it and it could either make you or break you. And so I think that just keeping your faith strong in God, um, keeping your relationship strong, you know, speaking with others and um, letting them help you that's a really tough thing because a lot of people want to help you, but. Like I'm the type of person I'm like, okay, no, we don't need help. We can do it on our own. Um, yeah. But letting others help you, um, I think is a good piece of advice. Um, and then just savoring the small good moments. Um, Cause you know, there's been so many good moments that we've had and just focusing on those instead of the hard times. Um, just like Emma, the other night we were, mentioned in a house that we were going to go to um, and that we had actually lived in during that time of diagnosis. And she said, oh, there were so many good memories in that house. And, you know, she just thinks of all the good memories instead of the harder times yeah. uh, that were had. And so I just think having a positive outlook during um, this season of life is very important.
3: Yeah. yeah. I would say, which I feel like I've harped on, but finding the blessing and positivity in the situation instead of looking at the bad side of it, because there's always, it could always be worse and there's always something good that comes out of something, whether it's right now or later. And if you can focus on finding the good in it, it helps a lot instead of dwelling on what's going wrong. And a lot of people, I'm sure that's tough because there's a lot going on. Your baby's getting poked with needles, your medicine, you're going to all these appointments. you're missing work. You're having to juggle all these things, especially if you have more kids, which I can't imagine having a lot of kids and, and having one with it. I mean, it's just hard, but if you can just stay focused on God and having faith that everything's going to be according to his will and just have faith in that and find the blessings, everything will, It'll be over before you know it and you'll be celebrating like we're going to do tomorrow.
0: It's <laughs> good words. Those are wise words, y'all. That's, um, that's awesome. Um, so you just mentioned like you're going to do tomorrow. You guys have, uh, what's the big celebration. I'll let you guys share it. So <laughs>
2: tomorrow Emma gets to ring the bell and we are so, so thankful. Um, she, her, like I said, her protocol was two and a half years. And so we will go to our affiliate tomorrow and get our last treatment there. And she'll ring the bell, celebrate. And then next week we'll head up to Memphis and we'll be there all week for her to get her official in a treatment um, up there.
3: Yeah. And she's excited because they asked her what kind of party she wanted. And she wants a dinosaur party. So <laughs> yeah. tomorrow we're going to have a dinosaur party. And. <laughs> She's really pumped because she likes parties and that sort of thing. So she's excited.
0: What uh, What six year old um, doesn't, right?
1: Love that. Well, congratulations. That's Congrats,
0: to all you guys. Of you. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's Thanks for sharing that with us. Thanks for sharing your story today. I know it was encouraging for us. It's going to be encouraging for some listeners as well. Uh, we really appreciate you guys.
3: Well, thank y'all. We appreciate you having us on here.
2: Yes. Thank y'all so much.
0: Oh, wow. Thank you, Cooley family. Man, that, the authenticity that they just, as they shared their family journey, um, just love that.
1: Absolutely. I just loved meeting them and hearing about how their faith has grown.
0: Yeah. It's been a really, it was a really good time with them. Hey friends, thank you guys so much for listening today. Uh, we're going to head out to retreat, but there's still an episode coming next week. So be sure to, to check us out next Tuesday. We'll see you next week on the podcast.